When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, now. here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host, Rachel Strand, and I'm also here with my co-host, Dalton Coble. We are fresh off the Broncos getting another win, this time against a more polished team than the Seahawks and Texans. Heading into the game, the Broncos were slight underdogs, and, well, they certainly kind of played like underdogs for a majority of the game. That is up to you to determine if that is a good thing or not. It's not. We will get into the nitty-gritty of the game against the 49ers here soon, but first let's update on some injuries. During the Texans game, Jerry Judy and Pat Sertan left the game early with injuries. Despite missing some practices during the week and being listed as questionable for the game against the 49ers, both ended up suiting up and playing. Sertan actually played a key role in keeping some of the talented Niners wide receivers locked down. DJ Jones, who is facing his former team, left early with a head injury and is currently in the concussion protocol. Baron Browning, who left the game early with an apparent knee injury, came back in and finished off the game, and reports tell us that it is not a serious injury and he should be good to go for the Raiders next week. So other than those couple of injuries, it seems like the Broncos came out of that game relatively healthy. But for now, we are going to talk about our initial reaction to the previous game. So... 
Despite the Broncos getting that win, a final score of 11 to 10 just does not feel right to me. It kind of feels kind of gross. <laughs> 11 points feels like a baseball score, honestly. And I mean, well, Colorado has the Rockies and most people know that the Rockies are not good. So in this case, let's just say 11 points feels like a Colorado Avalanche score. Mind you, that's the Stanley Cup champion. Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> also, Pat Sertan did not allow a single catch, which is pretty impressive considering he is fresh off an injury and the 49ers have wide receivers like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and a couple tight ends that and actually, and George Kittle actually made his return for the first time this season and we kind of kept him under wraps, right Dalton? He didn't do much. I do believe he got hurt or maybe like like, they took him out. I'm not terribly sure, but he did not have a big impact on the game. Yeah, George Kittle is considered one of the best in the league, and he maybe he's just nursing himself back or going coming back slow from injury, but he wasn't that big of an impact. And to add on to your Pat Sertain didn't allow a single catch that game, that was on six targets only. He literally created an island for himself, and nobody is testing him. And it makes me super happy because I haven't we haven't had a cornerback like that since Champ Bailey. I actually met Champ Bailey once in middle school. He's super, you know how some football players are super flamboyant and kind of just out Especially there. cornerbacks? Especially cornerbacks? Yeah, especially cornerbacks. Yeah, he was very quiet and just very down to earth and super nice and I actually have some signed signed gear from him which probably has gone up in price since he is now inducted into the hall of fame so yeah super nice guy and to add on to another initial reaction at a, after the game pff gave grades for every player and for this week our top five pff graded players were all on defense not a single offensive player was on it every single position was defense yeah and that's that's kind of saying, that's saying something. A lot. Yeah, that's saying something considering our defense for some reason in the past three weeks have started slow, at least in the first half. And then something happens during halftime where they either make coaching adjustments or they're finally warmed up enough to where they start like actually performing like a defense. Because I know we were letting some big plays get ripped off on us and yeah. I don't. That's not ideal. So I would say that coaching decisions definitely got better this week. And maybe that is in part to the newly hired Jerry Rosberg, who was retired, but he was hired to help with game management for Nathaniel Hackett. And I know during this game, I think these were Nathaniel Hackett's, I think maybe second or third challenge on the season. It might have been his first. I'm not entirely sure, but he did have some good challenges in there. And I think think we might have won both of them or maybe it was a 50 50 thing there was also no delay of games yeah there's no delay of games and we were playing at home so the fans didn't have to assist the offense and count down the play clock which is great because apparently that really pissed off some of the players um the fact that the stadium the fans of the stadium were counting down so thankfully they didn't have to do that but i think the jerry rossberg hire was made an immediate impact and let's hope going forward he can further help with challenges and other game management for rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett. To add on to the Jerry Roseberg hire, our special teams, he was a special teams preferred coach when he when he was coaching and our special teams played lights out. We kept downing the ball inside the 10 a lot and our punter who is new to the NFL putted amazing our special teams we haven't seen the special teams play that well in years yeah thankfully mcmahon who's been with us for a couple years who is now on to oakland which haha suck at oakland 
Yeah, our special teams definitely showed a significant impact last night. I know the 49ers have a really scary return man in Ray Ray McLeod, and we were able to kind of keep him under wraps and not allow him to break off any huge runs on us. And shout out to Corliss Waitman, honestly. I was a little skeptical of the fact that he beat Sam Martin out, but he was punting for his life last night. Now, the good true test of a good punter is, I mean, he's performed well in the Mile High City. So the next part of the test is, can he perform as well when we are in visiting cities or when we are visiting cities? We will see. I know, Rachel, you like to call this a very ugly game, but this game gets me super excited for the future. I can't understand it. Our defense looks as legit as legit comes, even with injuries to Justin Simmons, who is our best safety. Our defense still played legit, and I would like to point out that the 49ers are no joke. Their team is no joke. They went to the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl the last, what, four, three years? I believe that the 49ers roster is one of the best in the leagues, and we handled it extremely well, I think. I know our offense still has yet to click, but I'm going to give it a few more weeks to click. I'm going to give it a few more weeks to click. And if it's not clicking, I'm going to start questioning. But as of right now, I still have my full 100% faith in this offense. It will click, and this defense will carry us as of right now like it's done for the past five years. Thing is, I think it was like in the fourth quarter where we started to see shades of vintage Russell Wilson where he would be scrambling and do like a baseball style sidearm throw, which was just like, uh, it was beautiful to see. And we were actually moving down the field pretty well. But I think hopefully for the sake of my sanity that this will develop over time, the offense will develop some cohesion over time because we will not survive in the league long or survive in the AFC West for long if we're putting up scores in the teens all season. I know in the AFC West, we li- there's a bunch of other high-flying offensive teams, but it is early in the season. Teams are starting to warm up. Yeah, I get it. Putting up numbers in the teens, especially 11 points, is not going to get things done. And bouncing off of what you said about the 49ers, yeah, they do have a solid roster, but I'm a little scared skeptical of what they might be able to do this season because they sure kind of looked as discombobulated as we did. It's a little confusing. I don't know if they're as dominant as a team as they have been in the past and bold prediction, I could see Kyle Shanahan losing his job in the next year or so if the 49ers end up looking this bad or if they keep struggling because you know, they've been getting so close, but have yet to finally make that final hurdle into a Super Bowl championship. So we will see. Um, maybe the 49ers aren't as good as we think. Who knows? I don't want this to be like a false, false positive for us. I do think the defense looked good, but the pessimist side of me is like, what if the 49ers just aren't that good? And I don't like thinking like that. I want us to think that we have a pretty good offense and hopefully we do. Still, I think maybe we have a little bit of carryover from Fangio's good defense. So we will we will see on that front. Well, me and Rachel actually didn't really discuss that idea. That was actually come as a shock. My mouth actually dropped on the floor. You can't see that, that she said Kyle Shanahan might be fired in the next two years. That, that blows my mind. No, I don't think so. Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan. I think he'll still keep his job. And if not, I will gladly fire Nathaniel Hackett right now or in two years and (laughs) sign Kyle Shanahan. No joke. I'm not joking about that, by the way. 
His seat has got to be a little hot, though, because, again, they've kind of fallen, they've fallen short of expectations the past couple of seasons. And we fired John Fox for, I mean, we were doing good as a team. We put up good records, but we just couldn't get over that final hurdle. So it's not like it's it can happen if they keep falling short. I wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan ends up getting fired. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying in this vicious league where there's so much coach turnover, who knows what's going to happen with him. I will lead Shanahan's faith to how Trey Lance develops next year. Sure. I'm going to leave it at that. Yes. But as for one more initial reaction, we have talked a lot about defense in positive ways and a lot of negative ways on the offense. However, I would like to point out a couple of positives on the offense. One Rachel already mentioned is Russell Wilson did seem to look like his old self at the end of the game. Like he started rolling out of the pocket. He played like himself. He didn't play like the offense was telling him to play. He started. Play- it seemed like he's playing like Russell Wilson needs to play. And Cortland Sutton is his number one favorite target. Cortland Sutton is fifth in receiving yards after this week with 291 yards. And I believe he is leading the league in 50 of catches beyond 15 yards, which is another amazing stat line. Uh, people underestimated him because Cortland was hurt. I've said this before, but Cortland is here and he will be here to stay. Yes, I am. Really happy to see Cortland Sutton succeeding. So Jerry Judy is worrying me a little bit. I think he will catch on over time, hopefully. I don't think it's time to give up on him yet. It's still a little too early because for the first couple of years, yeah, he had Drew Locke. So let's just negate those years. He's had some pretty key drops, and it's a little worrying, but I am not ready to give up on him just yet. But another slight point of concern that might be kind of overlooked lately is Brandon McManus isn't as McMoney as we think he is, and or I, I, he's at least been struggling as of late. I don't know what it is. It's I, I, I don't know what his deal is because I think we put him in for maybe a 50-yard field goal, 55-plus or something like that, or just somewhere within the 50 range, which is kind of within his wheelhouse, especially at, you know, 50 to 80 feet above sea level. He usually makes those, and he keeps bragging about how in practice he hits these field goals from, you know, 70 yards out. That's obviously never going to be attempted, <laughs> but he didn't make that one really key field goal that was within the 50 yard range and that's a little concerning considering how much our offense seems to stall out as of late we kind of need a kicker that's that's money and we want McManus to be McMoney and he's been a little I don't know I mean I still like him I really do but he kind of he's he is certainly not the worst kicker in the league I know the first week of the NFL kickers couldn't kick a field goal to save their life that was absolutely insane so I think we it's just something to maybe keep an eye on the whole McManus deal. Maybe it's an adjustment thing, but he, what fun fact, he is the last remaining part of the Super Bowl 50 championship team. So that's sad crazy. and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> For the next portion of the podcast, we're going to be answering some fan questions. These fan questions have been submitted via Instagram, the Daily Denver Broncos Instagram to be more specific. So if you want your chance at getting a question answered on the podcast, go ahead and go over to Daily Denver Broncos. And keep an eye out for some Instagram stories where I will usually post it after a game. I will post a story asking for questions, and that is your chance to be able to submit them. First question comes from Dispe. They asked, do you think the Broncos defense is legit or are they just outplaying mediocre opponents? 
Dalton and I might come really? to blows over this. <laughs> I'm really I'm really excited over this question now. Well, screw you, Rachel. This defense is legit as it comes, oh. and we just beat the 49ers, the previous NFC championship game opponent. We are facing a legit opponent, and we dominated on defense. Our defense is legit as it comes. Yes, they went to the NFC championship, but again, it's also a new season. And do you remember what we looked like after our Super Bowl? Like, like we went to the Super Bowl, and then the next year, we were a completely different team. Yeah, that was mostly because Peyton Manning retired. Uh, I mean... <laughs> I I would like to believe that the 49ers are a legit team. I think they're definitely more polished than the Texans and Seahawks, and they will probably have a better record than those two previous teams. But it's hard to say with how they looked. They looked just as discombobulated as us, and since the game was nationally televised, people were miserable watching the game. I like defensive football. Don't get me wrong. I love defensive football, but that game was a little... It was a little embarrassing to watch, especially with a primetime game. Having a final primetime game score of 11 to 10. I know. I know, Dalton. You're rolling your eyes at me right now. Yes, I know. I'm fuming. This makes me so irritated. Rachel, stop being pessimistic. This defense is as good as it is. I'm not being pessimistic. I'm kind of being realistic. I'm trying to look at things without orange-tinted glasses, you know? I mean, I love this team so much. I I love this team so much. It's just... I just don't want to get myself, I don't want to get my hopes up and get disappointed. But, you know. This team at the end of the game had four sacks, two fumble recoveries, one interception, and one safety against Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan led. 49ers who have been in the playoffs back to back to back and when they're not in the playoffs it's because of injuries I will stand by that statement that team is as good as it gets they are a little discombobulated because of Jimmy G I will stand by that statement as well but the 49ers team is one of the best in the leagues and we crushed them on defense okay I just you know I I do somewhat agree with what you said, um, I I think they might have fallen off, obviously, since they went to the Super Bowl, since the NFC Championships, etc. I just... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't know. Uh, it's very early in the season to call things. I Do not get me wrong. I think the Broncos defense is good still. I really do. To say if they're number one in the league and will stay that way for the entire season, we will see. I think that does heavily depend on injuries and hopefully we don't get super injured. But if we can stay healthy, yes, I can see us finishing as one of the top defenses in the league. Once we, If we start getting injured, we're going to start struggling with depth, yada, yada. That statement is to be determined from me. <laughs> 
One thing I would like to point out about our defense, actually, is our second round pick, Nick Benito, who was actually our technically our first pick of the draft, has only played nine defensive snaps this year so far in three games. Now, for you to determine if that's a good or bad thing, I'll leave that up to the viewer. To me, I think that is an all right thing at the moment because our edge rushers are playing phenomenal. You don't want to mess up their chemistry. Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory look like one of the best pass rushing duos of the league thus far. And obviously, this is all still to be determined. We're only three weeks in. I'm going to give it a few more weeks, but you know me. I'm going to say this defense is legit. Chris Lida 17 asks, why does it seem like everyone hates Coach Hackett? That is a good question. I think everyone was just quick to jump on him because of the way that he stumbled so much in the first couple of games. It's way too early to write off his career. Um, I was a fan of the Hackett hire, and I think over time, these issues will help heal itself. Thank you to Jerry Rosberg. And just the fact that he'll be getting more experience as a head coach. Reminder, he is a rookie head coach. He's had experience being offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches up until now. So this is his first run as a head coach. He will, over time, get things figured out. And I think, I can't remember who said it. It was either Chris Collinsworth or one of the NBC halftime analysts where they said that Rodgers initially struggled in Hackett's offense as well in Green Bay. So He did. Nobody, want, nobody wants to notice that. I'm sorry to interrupt you on this, but nobody wants to know that, notice that. I don't remember the exact stat line. I saw it after the game. But Aaron Rodgers also struggled a little bit for the first three weeks under Nathaniel Hackett's offense. And then it clicked. So I'm going to give it a few more weeks to click. Yeah, if we are like week 16, week 15, and we are still looking like this, then it might be time to panic. I mean, even week 10, it would be time to panic because... I might even, I might even give it to the bye week. Yeah, bye week. Yeah, we'll give it the bye week. If we still look like this, then it's time to panic. Well, if we're still looking like this by bye week, we're not going to have an over 500 record, so then we would be panicking. <laughs> so we will see. I think... Just give Hackett a little bit more time before we jump on the let's hate Hackett bandwagon. Let's just give him a little bit more time and let give him some time to prove himself. Robertus20 asks, do you think the offense is getting better? Yes. I, mm, yes, I will continue to say yes. We played the Texans last week and we put up a we put up we didn't put up as many points. We put up more points in the Texans game. However, the 49ers are a more better team than the Texans by far, I believe. So I think the offense did get better. And in the final drive, Russell Wilson looked good. He was pretty clutch. Uh, our running backs looked pretty good. I'm glad we're rotating them all and keeping them healthy because that will be very important when playoff time comes, if we make playoff. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos had a game-winning drive. And, like, that felt super good. Unfortunately... As, as good as game-winning drives are, I wish we would have capitalized on more opportunities earlier in the game and didn't have to rely on a game-winning drive because we had some opportunities where we could have easily been in the lead, but that did not happen. And, you know, we'll have to get that figured out because performance like this is not going to go over well when playing the Chiefs and other high-flying teams. I know we don't play, like, 
the bills or anything, but just it's not going to work out playing like this if we start going against high-flying offenses, and that that scares me. That really scares me. Our divisional matchups, which one of one of them is coming up this week, but that is we will discuss that preview here in a minute of the upcoming Raiders game. I think the offense showed a sliver of improvement. The fact that we were able to capitalize on a drive and actually get into the end zone when it really mattered is great but we still need to improve a lot more. I think our run game is still clicking and driving and they're doing great. Javante was bouncing off of people like he always does. Unfortunately, Melvin Gordon had his fumble issues come back to bite him in the butt again. So I think the splits between Melvin and Javante are a whole different thing. I think Melvin should be getting less snaps. I know he's good on like third down runs and stuff like that but I'm not entirely a fan of how they're dividing up the carries for those two I think Javante needs a little bit more carries because he's clicking I know Dalton mentioned in a previous podcast where Javante could easily be a bell cow running back unfortunately that's not the case and won't be the case this year considering Melvin is you know on the roster so uh hopefully we will continue thriving in the run game. To also say, the run game seems a little chaotic. It doesn't really seem that we know who to put in at what time, honestly. Maybe I'm just thinking too much. Melvin does have a very big problem of fumbling. I'm not sure why, but it's getting really annoying. Yeah, considering we already have so much issues with just moving as an offense in general, I don't want fumbles to be another one of our issues because I want to try to keep the ball on offense as much as we can. But yes, I would say that the offense showed a little bit of improvement and hopefully going forward, we will continue to improve. Football is a game of inches football you will lose by inches this game isn't about miles like some other sports Vic Fangio preached that unfortunately Vic Fangio didn't have the means of having a good quarterback to continue preaching that so unfortunately he got kicked out but that's in the past so we move on I low-key feel bad for Fangio because right after we kicked him out, we got a elite quarterback and he was probably so frustrated and like, you made me deal with Drew Locke for three, four years and now you go get an elite quarterback and I get kicked out for it. <laughs> Mind it's you- It's just the way the crookie crumbles sometimes. It's just the way the business folds out, unfortunately. Yeah. Mind you, I don't know how well Russell would have looked in Fangio's offense. I think the defense would have still looked good, but- you know, that's an alternate timeline. So why discuss that? <laughs> Bryant asks, do you think the defense will be number one by the end of the year? We kind of touched on this a little earlier. And again, I think Dalton and I are going to come to blows over this eventually. Again, I love defensive football, but I think if we can stay healthy, that the defense can be at least at minimum top five by the end of the year. That is that is the most important piece is can this defense stay healthy because low-key we do have some defensive worrisome people that may get hurt. Uh, Josie Jewell has an injury history. Bradley Chubb has had a recent injury history. Randy Gregory has had a recent injury history. Justin Simmons just got hurt. Ronald Darby has an injury history. Let me not go into all the negatives. Stop, I don't you're jinx hurting anybody. me. I don't want to jinx anybody, but our d- defense does have a history of injuries and I think injuries can derail this defense if it happens that way. Yeah, with how many injuries have happened just across the board in the entire NFL so far, this year's Super Bowl is just going to be a battle of whoever can stay the healthiest because I know 
this past weekend, the Chargers lost a really stalwart left tackle and Rashawn Slater. Joey Bosa got hurt. These big name stars are just starting to drop like flies. Come time for the end of the year, it's just going to be whoever is healthiest. Like, as it stands right now, I don't see anybody as a lock for the Super Bowl because of how many injuries have happened. And obviously, because it's so early, it's hard to, you know, say where we're going to be in a couple months, but it's hard to say who is a lock. I know who is, you know, a lock to be in the playoffs, but to say, who will end up being in the Super Bowl is kind of hard. I will bet money, though, on the fact that the Buccaneers are not going to get to the Super Bowl, and I will die on that hill. I do not think Brady and the aging Buccaneers roster will be able to keep up with the high-flying offenses like the Chargers, the Bills... You know they will they will struggle. I think their time has come and gone, and Brady should have probably stayed retired for the sake of his family life. And unfortunately, he didn't. And now he's literally suffering for it. I'll let Rachel's tangent about how much she hates Brady. I dis- hate Brady. Regard the. F- Disregard the fact that I will also die on this hill and think that Brady's not going to make it to another Super Bowl. I've been a major Brady fan when he went to Tampa. I think he was more funnier. I think he showed him showed more of himself. That's a Tampa thing because my family's from Tampa. That's another story. However, Tampa will not make it to the Super Bowl. But I would also like to come back and connect that with injuries and connect that to our run game. I think... We are rotating our running backs as much as we do because we realize that this year is going to be all about who can stay healthiest because we need all of these running backs to stay as healthy as possible because if a bunch of defensive linemen get hurt and a bunch of like undrafted, raw defensive linemen come into the NFL and have to face Javante, it's it's not going to be pretty. I'm going to be real. It's not going to be pretty. Javante will manhandle them. Javante manhandles pro defensive linemen. I don't want to know what he will do to undrafted, raw D linemen. I'm straight up considering buying a Javante Williams jersey. I love him so much. The little bowling ball. Like, he is one of the best assets we have on offense. And we need to keep him healthy. We need to keep him healthy. I know saying that is easier than it actually being done. I'm saying it like we are in control of that when we're obviously not. But please, football gods, keep him healthy because we need him. Our last question from Denver Visuals is... Do you have the Broncos winning on Sunday against the Raiders? And this is a perfect segue into our preview of the upcoming game. The Broncos are heading into Vegas to face the 0-3 Josh McDaniels-led Raiders. And I don't care what the record has been over the past couple of years. Some people have said, you know, the rivalry has died off, yada yada. I don't think so. I will forever hate the Raiders and the fact that Josh McDaniels is now the head coach of the Raiders. I hate them even more. It's like a double hate now. I initially despised the Chiefs as of late because how good they are. I still don't like them. That is what it is, but I would say the Raiders have now taken that top spot purely because Josh McDaniels is now their head coach and the fact that they are 0-3 right now literally gives me life because it couldn't happen to a nicer guy and obviously I'm being sarcastic Josh McDaniels isn't nice and I think he is a absolutely terrible head coach I don't think he has the ability to keep a locker room together and that might be the eventual undoing of the Raiders is the fact that this team might come to blows with each other because of the fact that they're not living up to expectations and Josh McDaniels does not have the coaching abilities to be able to keep the team together so it'll be the 0-3 Raiders versus the 2-1 Broncos the Broncos who are currently tied for first in the AFC West and were the only team to win 
in the AFC West this past Sunday. I hate Josh McDaniels as much as the next guy. Uh, I always believe in giving somebody that second chance, but I caught it at the beginning of the year. I was like, Josh McDaniels is not that guy. What he did with the Colts, being a snake with the Colts and backing out, I was like, he's still not that guy. He's still an immature little brat. He will always be an immature little brat. I hope that we curb stomp them so hard that the entire organization blows up and he has fired. I hate him so much. I think a majority of Broncos country absolutely despises Josh McDaniels. And from what I heard, reporters said that after the Raiders lost their last game, making them 0-3, the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, and Josh McDaniels had a brief meeting behind closed doors after the game. I am a little bit curious as to what that was. It was probably saying, get your ass in gear, McDaniels. I think heading into this game, the Raiders are definitely desperate for a win. I think it'll give them some extra motivation to beat us because as I'm literally rolling my eyes right now, but Josh McDaniels is probably going to treat this as his own personal Super Bowl. Like we cannot let them, we cannot let them win. Like Pete Carroll did, like Pete Pete Carroll and the 12th men did in Seattle week one. For some reason, people have it out against us. Yeah, we cannot let them win this game because I will hate seeing that smug ass smile on Josh McDaniel's face mm-hmm. if they beat us and they'll probably carry him off the field despite the fact that they'd be one in three if they beat us which god I hope they don't so it would be great to be able to go into Vegas and be able to pull off this win because I mean an interdivisional win is always good in terms of, you know, the playoff outlook at the end of the year. So I really just want to rub it into his face. And especially, I cannot imagine the type of reaction that he is going to get when he comes into Denver, when the Raiders come into Denver and Josh McDaniels comes in to play us in Denver. I cannot imagine the type of reaction he's going to get. He's going to be booed worse than anybody who has ever been booed before. I swear, he is so despised here. (laughs) I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. So excited. To answer this question, I do have the Broncos winning, although uh, I'm going to talk about this a little more, but I will say this is another trap game. This is another trap game. Like, it might not seem that way, but this is 100%. These these people, these Raiders, are 0-3 and are desperate to win. They will do anything in their means to win like Seattle did against Russell Wilson. Yeah, it is going to be a very, very interesting game. I just, I still can't believe that Devontae Adams really chose Money and Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers and winning. (laughs) I know Money talks, Money does talk, but that is still, he's probably regretting that a little bit because from what I can tell, based on his stat lines that he's been putting up or lack thereof, he's not having as good of a season as, you know, many fantasy football owners were hoping. (laughs) I know there's many more wide receivers who are outperforming him right now, and maybe that's That's the Derek Carr effect, plus the Josh McDaniels effect, plus the Raiders effect. I mean, I would like to point out that Devontae Adams does have a touchdown in each of his games that he plays, which is very nice for fantasy owners. But my friend who I live with did point this out that the Raiders low-key have a stacked like receiving core. Henry Renfro's no joke. Darren Waller's no joke. However, Devontae Adams' first game was 141 yards on 10 receptions and a touchdown. Every week thus after, his week against Arizona was two receptions, 12 yards, and a touchdown. Tennessee was five yards, 36. I mean, five receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. That's not very good. Now, I get it, touchdowns matter, but he's not getting open or something is not fitting well there. And I'm super happy because the Raiders are my most hated team in the division. 
I am very excited to see Pat Sertan versus Devontae Adams. Hopefully, Sertan can keep him under lock because wouldn't that just be so great? I mean, that's a matchup for the ages right there. He did it against DK. He did it against Debo. He did it against Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is still no joke. He's really fast. And I will believe he do, will do it against Devontae. If we can keep Devontae out of the mix, I mean, the next threat is probably Hunter Renfro. Then he had that like multi-fumble choking game against the Cardinals. So who knows? Maybe that is kind of still spooking him a little bit. A Josh McDaniels effect. I hope the Broncos win on Sunday because I will be I will be very upset if they don't. <laughs> seeing again, seeing that smug ass look on Josh McDaniel's face. Like it won't even be deserved. That's the thing. Because if they do win, they'll be one in three. Like why why would you be smiling about that? You are still like in the basement of the AFC West. Shut your face, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that. I could go on and on about the Josh McDaniels slander, and I could probably create like a five-hour podcast on it on why I hate him. But we are not going to do that, and we are going to move on to our prediction slash players to watch for the upcoming game against the ON3 Raiders. Dalton, what are your predictions and or players to watch for the upcoming game? My prediction is we win 21 to 10. No, 24 to 10. I believe Brandon McMoney will get a field goal. But I believe our offense will click this week and we will curb stomp them away because I don't think Josh McDaniels is competent. I think he's terrible. Um, He probably won't know what to do against our defense. I think our defense will destroy the Raiders. Um, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb are a formidable pass rushing duo and Patrick Sertain and Ronald Darby slash Kwan Williams are no joke either and Kareem Jackson is no joke either so I'm gonna just be real I think we curb stomp them defensively just I, like we do every opponent. I would love to see a multi-sack multi-interception game if it ends up going the way we want where we do beat them I want like a entire game where the camera is situated on Josh McDaniels just so we can see him lose his mind. Let's mic up Josh McDaniels. I want to have the camera on him because I know he will be losing his mind. He is not known for his temper or his good temper I should say. He is known for having a very hot temper which again I think will aid in the eventual demise of the Las Vegas Raiders but that's something for the future so in terms of my predictions I think the Broncos will squeak out a win I don't think it'll be another 11-10 matchup I think this one will be a little bit more of a higher scoring affair the Raiders defense was supposedly highly touted before the season and so far they are not really performing up to expectations and they're kind of getting carved up So maybe this is Russell Wilson's bounce back game where he just starts super carving them up. That would be super nice to see. In terms of my players to watch, I kind of mentioned that earlier. I think Pat Sertan is someone to watch if if he's covering Devontae Adams for majority of the game. Also, I would keep an eye on Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. They have had a pretty solid season so far. The Broncos front seven have had a multi-sack season so far. I think we're at least top seven, top five in terms of sacks. Don't quote me on that, but we are doing really well in terms of the pass rush so far. So if we can get a multi-sack game here, maybe even a strip sack, that's that's going to really help in our favor because those huge defensive plays that we've had so far, especially during the 49ers game, those were really big momentum changers. And we need plays like that on defense because that's going to help inspire our offense to start performing better, especially if we can get some defensive takeaways. I'm actually going to switch the players to watch to coach to watch because... 
there's actually a former Broncos coach on the Raiders now, and it is Tom McMahon, the worst special teams coordinator of all time. And I really hope that he still is the worst special teams coordinator of all time. I really don't know how we let that man stay in this building for so long, but that's for another day. If Montreal Washington manages to break off a punt for a touchdown, I will absolutely lose my mind. Yeah, I will go streaking down my street because it's against Tom McMahon, like you said, the worst special teams coordinator for us in history or even every any special teams coordinator ever he is just so frustrating and i will lose my mind if we manage to allow a punt return on ourselves i will actually lose my mind and like we cannot like i don't know i don't know how i'll react i can't imagine it's gonna be not good if we allow some sort of huge special teams play by mcmahon and the raiders i will lose my mind i will absolutely lose my mind so let's just not think of that who saw positive thoughts it's not gonna happen tom mcmahon sucks okay (laughs) it better not happen You you can tell how much we hate the raiders yes we hate the Raiders. It's Raider Hater and Week. Come on. It it's, really is. That's a holiday. It really is. That's a holiday in Broncos country. And one more thing I'd like to point out is every Raiders opponent that they've faced, every win that they've gotten is off of the Raiders. The Cardinals' only win was on the Raiders. The Chargers' only win, I believe, was on the Raiders. And the Titans' only win was on the Raiders. Uh, the Titans are 1-2. and two, Cardinals are also 1-2. and two, And the Chargers are 1-2 and two because Chargers are hurt and Justin Herbert is playing with cracked ribs. I mean, if we don't get this win i hope you're ready for a broncos binge depressed podcast because i will probably cry for 35 minutes straight on the next episode Uh (laughs) either that or i just will start cursing a lot and saying a bunch of profanity revolving around josh mcdaniels obviously i'm kidding about that so (laughs) let's hope that doesn't happen we are gonna win it's raider hater week broncos country if you are heading out to las vegas or if you are living in las vegas uh please raiders fan no we do not have to If you live out there or you're traveling out there for the game, please show up loud and proud. Those orange jerseys show up so well in opposing stadiums. So please show up loud and proud. Don't get into any fights that these Raiders fans try to trick you into. Yeah, I know. no, I, I was kidding. I was kidding. Don't <laughs> I know. down to Raiders level. They're one of the worst. I hate no. them. The Raiders do have one of the worst fan bases in the league, so try not to get pulled into any trickeration they try to pull on you. Just show up loud and proud, and let's hope they get this dub. And get out of there safely. That's another big thing. Please get out of there safely. Be louder. We are louder than Raiders fans. We are better than Raiders fans. We are better than Chiefs fans. We are better than Chargers fans. Anybody's better than Chargers fans. We are be- we are the best fans in the AFC West, and we need to prove it this year. Do the Chargers even have fans? Yes. I don't believe you. Anyways. There's actually a lot of them up at Appalachian State University. I I will stand by that statement. I've seen many Justin Herbert jerseys around. I think that's because they're bandwagon ones. You're probably right. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday, and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions, let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I am Dalton Coble. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Raider Hater Week! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at RachelNFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.